Welcome to another episode of the Duke Pod, where we bring you fantastic real estate stories. These are real-life real estate stories that happen to me and my clients, and uh, we get ourselves in a whole bunch of fun and exciting adventures. Sometimes they're straightforward, and uh, sometimes you learn something new. And uh, really, that's really the point here, right? We're here to give you guys advice and things to watch out for and tell you guys something fun and exciting. And of course, I'm your host, Philippe Hayduk, courtesy of DukeRealtyHomes.com. Come check out our website. It's revamped. It's great. It looks nice. And uh, we've actually basically completed all the neighborhoods in many parts of West GTA. So we're talking about Milton, Toronto, Mississauga. These are the places we go to the most and we uh, buy and sell real estate the most. So we wrote up all the neighborhoods, uh, all the schools in the neighborhood. It's good. It's super fun. It's exciting. Check it out if you get a chance. Today's story is very recent. It actually happened uh, on last Thursday. Today's Tuesday when I'm recording this. So just a few days ago. And it's a fascinating story. Uh, basically, a client of mine called me. Uh, you know, he bought a home last year. And he called me and said, hey, look, I think I can finally buy a second home. I can refinance part of my home and uh, buy another home. And the first thing I told him is that's fantastic. He wanted to look at some homes. We first were like, you know what? If you're going to refinance a home, that is a little trickier than just buying a home for the first time. And the bank gives you a pre-approval. And then we stick to that budget. So it's a little trickier. There's a lot of things involved. It might take more time, for example. It's not like you can just buy a home and close on it in 30 days. You may need 60 days. So these are the things we talked about. And I said, before we go out and look, talk to your mortgage broker, get all the details, make sure he can do it 100% and figure out your budget, of course, right? So he comes back and he has a budget of 600000 And I think that's actually a pretty good budget considering that he lives in Brantford. So that's just west of Hamilton, which is a town that relatively you would expect to be not that expensive and traditionally has not been expensive. But as you know, courtesy of our friendly pandemic, all the small towns have really blown up quite a bit, especially if they're within a reasonable proximity of the GTA, I'd say within an hour and a half hour, as people don't really need to come to the office. So it's worth it for them to get a bigger, better house with a backyard somewhere else. We've talked about that at nauseum, uh, but you guys get the picture, right? So Brantford, it's very, very popular. Um, now I'm going to back, give you guys a backstory. The whole reason that this client was able to buy a second home and refinance his home is because he climbed the real estate ladder. And this is incredibly important for you guys to know that the first thing I'm going to tell you is that buying your first home as soon as possible, has real implications in how well you can do financially in life going forward. Because we all, let's say we all have a salary, you're only going to be able to save so much. But the way the real estate market has turned and has increased in appreciation so drastically, and yes, of course, the last year and a half, it's quite drastic. But there are other years where it increased drastically. And some years it just increased a little bit. But a little bit means a lot. Like if one year, let's say it increases 5%, on a $500,000 house, that's $25,000 in equity that you got. And if we're to be honest, how many of us save 25,000 a year? Now we're not, let alone the 30% or plus it's, it went up this year. So let's backtrack. My client, Ryan, he bought a house a few years ago. I think it was like six years ago and he bought something for 245,000 
in Kitchener. Uh, last year we sold the house for 440,000. So I think, I think it was like three or four years that passed. And then he bought this bigger home in Brantford for 590,000 double car garage, had a basement apartment. Um, well, he had to put it in a kitchen and he did that. He was handy, right? So he put it in a kitchen. Now, this was literally uh, like the month before the pandemic started. He bought that home. There was a house on his street that sold for a million fifty. It was very renovated. So let's just assume that the house that he bought for five hundred ninety in March of twenty twenty is now worth around nine hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> because that's how crazy the real estate market is. Um, so because his house is worth so much more, uh, he can go to the bank and say. Hey, can I refinance the home, pull out 150,000? And based on today's really low interest rates, uh, I believe the, the, the bank was offering him like a 2% five-year fixed for two mortgages or around 1.45 variable, which is an excellent option. 1.45 is like ridiculous when you tell, talk to your parents or your grandparents when they used to have to pay 14, 18, 21% when they owned homes which if you do the math is very similar to how much we pay per month even though their mortgage might have been only been like a hundred to two hundred thousand back then even though our mortgages are like five hundred thousand these days they're actually the exact same monthly payments which is a little bit crazy isn't it so ryan was able to 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 do all this because he got into the real estate game very very early now the one more one more thing i want to touch on this subject is that when because i've been in the industry for so long this is where experience has kicked in okay i haven't been here for 20 years but i've been here for over eight years and i remember the crazy pandemic in uh, sorry not the crazy uh market in 2017 it was a seller's market i think this seller's market in 2020 and 2021 is even a little bit more lucrative to be honest um i think the fact that people need like they value homes more than anything else like these kind of materialistic possessions you can enjoy during a pandemic uh, has really shot through the roof. However, it's very, it's pretty comparable, right? So back in 2017, uh, I actually had a client call me yesterday. He wants, he's talking about buying another investment. And in 2017, him and I scoured uh, Toronto and parts of Mississauga. And he finally settled on a bungalow with, again, uh, a basement apartment. So he could rent out two units, kind of like a duplex style um and he bought it in 2017 now we bought it at the peak of 2017 and at the time that we had bought it for the price that we did which was over a little over seven hundred thousand, it felt expensive it did it really felt expensive and we you know we we looked for a while and that was the best deal we could find he was happy with it now he's happy with that investment now but let me tell you the cycles that went through, right? Which is the cycles that may happen now when people buy homes. So you got to think about this. In 2017, he bought the home. He rented out the home. He's making a little bit of cash flow, three, 400 bucks a month on top of expenses. Great, no problem. In 2018, the market slows down. If he were to sell that house at the beginning of 2018, he probably would have just broke even minus real estate costs, right? So, but really, if you're going to buy an investment, you don't want to try to sell it right away. You want to wait at least a year, preferably honestly, three to five years, to be honest. And I think the goal should be either to keep that investment for the rest of your life and to consistently make cash money from it or to upgrade it later on. 
And if you hate dealing with tenants, just hire a property manager. It'll eat away some of your cash flow, but at least you don't have the headache, right? And if you're making money every year on just the equity, then just keep making money until you're ready to travel the world or, you know, give the give the house to one of your children or do something fantastic where you couldn't afford without that kind of money, right? So going back to this, the client bought in 2017, immediately in 2018, a year later, he would have just broken even. Now, if we fast forward in 2021, that house is worth about $250,000 more than what he bought it for. So it's impossible for him to get the same investment. So over time, it is always going to be worth it. Now, if he wants to refinance that house or he wants to sell the house and get something different, instead of having his 20% down, which is probably 150,000, he probably would walk away with around 400,000 in money by buying that home, plus all the money he made in paying off the mortgage and one of his kids ended up living there. So it became a good solution for the family. So that's why I tell you it's so important to buy a home right away. Even if the the, the money, the amount of houses seem, they just seem so expensive. It's true. But basically you have to look at your budget and just get the best you can for your budget. Even if it's a little bit further than what you'd like, uh, you know, even you don't have to live there. You can just rent it out if you had to, but do whatever you can to get that home because it opens up the possibilities. Now, the main story we're going to talk about is how we were in the game and how we can get lucky, how you can get lucky in a seller's market. Now, there are some people, I talk to people every day. I talked to this lead the other day and they're like, we're looking for something that's $200,000 below market value. You know, we're trying to get lucky. Guys, that's, that's never going to happen. Like, trust me, us at Cloud Realty, we talk all the time, all the realtors, all the brokers, everything. If there was ever a story about some home selling for way under market value, then it's going to be like public knowledge. Everyone's going to be like, wow, look at this. Because it's so, so, so rare in the last year and a half with everything selling like hotcakes that no realistic person would sell something significantly below market value um, unless they were just crazy. There was like a story if you if you look online that someone was like very grateful for being like being in the country and then they ended up selling their first condo and they had a bunch of offers and they just decided to pay it forward, quote unquote, and they just took the lowest offer. So like it was like 50,000 less than the highest offer and they took it because they wanted to pay it forward. So yes, that kind of stuff happens. So it's unrealistic to get a crazy deal. Like you're not going to get $50,000 lower than the next house, but you might be able to get 15 or 20,000, or you might be able to get a better house just by being on top of the game. So here's what happened. And my client Ryan and I, we looked at um, six homes uh, two weekends ago, and uh, some of them are gonna, some of them were just right away, like this house is not really that good, uh, but I try to pick uh, investment type of homes that you can rent out two units, basically. That's what he was thinking about. And we had a budget of 600,000. So, there's one house we saw that was really good actually. It had a garage, it had good parking, you could park four cars in the driveway, it was double wide and double long, uh, and already had a kitchen in the basement, bathroom, and a separate entrance. Like perfect, perfect, perfect. And if you look in uh, a city like Brantford, the prices have really gone up. So even homes that are listed at 450 are still selling for like 600,000 uh, and vice versa. So it's very, very delicate that our budget of 600,000 was actually a little bit tight, to be honest. Um, 
So then we saw another home that also kind of fit the bill. It didn't have a garage and it needed more work. Like it didn't have a kitchen in the basement, didn't have flooring in the basement, it had walls, but no ceilings, no flooring. So unfortunately the client was handy and he's like, yeah, okay, if I get this house at a decent price. So the first house that was really good was listed for 550. What you always wanna do is you wanna call the listing agent and say, hey, what do you think the house is going for? What are your client's expectations? So it gives you an idea of what, you know, even though the house is listed for 550,000, they might expect 650,000. And to be honest, the seller doesn't have to sell the house if they don't get the price they want. So that's why you have to kind of have realistic expectations. And it's exactly what happened. The, the, the ag listing agent said, look, my clients want mid 600,000. Okay, so that's probably out of our budget. Now the other one was listed for 460,000. And I'm like, well, this is realistic. Like we can probably get this one. And the client ultimately did put an offer on that one that needed a little bit more work. It was a nice area, sure. It was a nice bungalow. Um, a very, very big home. Uh, lived in, you know, 60 year old home, uh, bungalow. Um, you know, that's had good bones uh, and is livable, but it still needed a lot of work. He still needs to spend like 20, 30,000 to get it going to the duplex that he wants. So we put an offer and there ends up being 15 offers on that home, which is a lot of offers, right? Especially in Brantford, but you know, I'm used to it. Uh, I'm telling the client, we ended up putting an offer. If it was listed for 460, we ended up going to 561,000. So that's already a hundred thousand over asking because of how much action it got. All right. It still would have been a reasonable deal at that point. And if you calculate the cash flow at that price, it still would have uh, theoretically been netting around five to a thousand dollars in cash flow. So I'm just going to give it a rough range. So that's really, really good. If you can get 500 bucks a month on an investment, that's pretty good. And if you can get a thousand, that's going to be amazing. So anything in between that is just great. <laughs> anything more is, you know, you hit the jackpot. Um, of course there are student rentals and so forth, but they have their pros and cons, right? Like who's going to clean that place? <laughs> who's going to throw out the garbage? But yeah, you're making a ton of cash because it's per room. Um, but that's for another podcast episode. So we don't end up getting that home because it sells for 620000 The client's like, damn, what the hell? 620000 Man, I can't afford anything now. <laughs> like we did see some pretty janky homes, some like 100-year-old homes that like the tenants are thoroughly there and it just smells. And it's like, yeah, it's affordable, but like... It's uh, just kind of depressing in that sense, right? So that was on a Tuesday and we get back, um, you know, we don't really talk after that. I tell them the price the next day. On Thursday, I get an email that the first home that had the garage, that had the basement, they only have one offer. They end up having two offers for some reason. I don't know why, but I called the client. He's at work. I called the agent, I figured out that they have 600,000 on the table. And I told them, look, um, you were telling me you want 650. If my client brings you 605, you know, are your clients actually gonna accept that? And she said, yes, they would. They're gonna take the best offer. Ching, 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 great news for me because I know that they're, let's say, I would call them reasonable sellers. <laughs> but you know, I've been at the other end, so. What do I know? Sometimes people see, that's a problem with this pandemic is sometimes if you don't get what you want, you see your neighbors sold for this much money. 
then you might be like, well, I better get this much money, even though you're a way worse house. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And if it doesn't, things get ugly. Um, you know, between agents, uh, the sellers, buyers who get pissed off, like whatever. In this case, it wasn't the case. Ryan finally calls me back two hours later. Uh, I figure out from the agent that, um, that we still have some time. Uh, he says, go ahead. So I put the offer together right away. I got my kids jumping all over my back. Uh, yes, I do have a wife and I'm like, hey, you take them finally. <laughs> I put the offer together. We submit 605 with no conditions um, and, you know, uh, everything else is fine. Uh, we get the house and the client's like, what the hell? We just got a way better house for $15,000 less than the other house. And this is basically like, yeah, if I want to paint it, make it look a little presentable, you got a weekend worth of work, which is less than a thousand bucks as opposed to 20, 30,000 and that house sold $15,000 more and doesn't have a garage and the parking isn't as good that, and it's an older house, like all these things guys. So here's the moral of the story guys. If you're looking in a seller's market or you're looking at a competitive market, you got to continually look, 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 cause you never know when you'll get lucky. You're not going to get lucky and just make, get $50,000 off on a house. It's very, very unlikely. Okay. Like literally that you can scour the internet, you'll find like a handful of stories like that in the last year. It's very, very unlikely as opposed to in past years, that wouldn't even be a story because it happened more often than you think, right? But continue to put in offers and sometimes you'll find that one house for some reason doesn't have as many offers, doesn't have as much, um, as much uh, like the offers aren't as strong as some of the other ones and you're able to win that offer. Now, Ryan ended up putting in an extra 5% over his, over his max. I think that was a soft max, but he realized that that is excellent value. We went back to the house on the weekend, had another look. Uh, when you look at a house one time and then you just buy it, it is a little bit sudden, but we had a second look. He's very happy. We're excited to get it. He's going to rent it out. He's going to make good cash on it. And that is the right way to develop wealth as an individual and down the road. Think about it. This client is 35 years old. He could have this thing paid off at 60 years old. Uh, he could be making 500 to a thousand bucks cash flow every month for the rest of his life and not even have to pay a mortgage payment, assuming his tenants pay the rent, right? But uh, it actually doesn't happen that often as much as you think. You're always gonna hear about horror stories, but these are like the worst of the worst in my opinion. And there are a lot of stories that are just generally good tenants or solid people. Um, you do have to screen them extra carefully. Guys, check their social media. They say they don't have a dog. All of a sudden on their Facebook, they got like three pictures of a dog. Or, you know, they got them and like a family of puppies around them. <laughs> and you'll, you'll be surprised what people don't think about when they apply for uh, a lease. So use these tips, okay? When you're looking for your home, whether depending what the market is, but if it's competitive, keep keep trying, and you might end up finding a better home for fifteen thousand dollars less than what you expect, and you're gonna feel like you hit a home run, and that's what my client feels like, and I feel happy. So, hopefully, you enjoy this episode. Take care.